Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to, excuse me, jcim net where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you will see the link to read a CIMOE. On that same drop-down menu, and also on the top menu, there are links to subscribe to an excellent daily email, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in Chapter 12. need to check one thing here. Yeah, we're actually concluding our reading in Chapter 12, um, which is the problem of guilt with section of seven, attainment of the real world. And at the top of the hour, <clears throat> we will pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day. Today is lesson 143, in which the central thought is, my mind holds only what I think with God, and we review lessons 125 and 126. In quiet, I receive God's word today, and all that I give is given to myself. Um, and let me ask, have you heard from Fran, Lori? Uh, as I recall, she was taking her brother to a doctor appointment this morning. Okay. So she, she probably won't be here. All right. Missed that. And uh, so we will be looking for someone to lead our remembrance of the lesson this morning. But that's in a while after the reading. So let me let me do this. I'll ask you another question, Laurie. Do you have an opening for this? One of your lovely poetic openings for this call this morning? I do, Lemoyne, and I was really happy to find this um, little piece from Nisargata Maharaj. Speaking of this road that love leads, once you realize that the road is the goal and that you are always on the road not to reach a goal but to enjoy its beauty and its wisdom, Life ceases to be a task and becomes natural and simple in itself and ecstasy. Amen. Mm, amen. Sweet. Thank you. Ah, uh, lovely. Glory. Thank you. All right, folks, with us in the reading this morning, I have Lori 
Donna, Karen, Lana, and Jessica. Um, with us in listening, I have Harrison and Rowan Marie. Is there anyone else who's joined who would like to say good morning and either read or just let us know you're listening? All right. I will go ahead and get us started then with uh, Chapter 12, The Problem of Guilt, Section 7, The Attainment of the Real World. Sit quietly and look upon the world you see and tell yourself, the real world is not like this. It has no building, and there are no streets where people walk alone and separate. There are no stores where people buy an endless list of things they do not need. It is not lit with artificial light, and night comes not upon it. There is no day that brightens and grows dim. There is no loss. Nothing is there but shines and shines forever. And Lori, would you read 58 through 60? You bet. Uh, Chapter 12, The Problem of Guilt, Section 7, Attainment of the Real World. Sit quietly and look upon the world you see and tell yourself the real world is not like this. It has no buildings and there are no streets where people walk alone and separate. There are no stores where people buy an endless list of things they do not need. It is not lit with artificial light and night comes not upon it. There is no day that brightens and grows dim. There is no loss. Nothing is there but shines and shines forever. 60. The world you see must be denied for sight of it is costing you a different kind of vision. You cannot see both worlds for each of them involves a different kind of scene and depends on what you cherish. The sight of one is possible because you have denied the other. Both are not true, yet either one of them will seem real to you as the amount to which you hold it dear. And yet their power is not the same because their real attraction to you is unequal. Thank you, Lori. And Donna, would you read 60 and 61? 60. The world you see must be denied, for sight of it is costing you a different kind of vision. You cannot see both worlds, for each of them involves a different kind of seeing and depends on what you cherish. The sight of one is impossible because you have denied the other. Both are not true. Yet either one will seem as real to you as the amount to which you hold it dear. And yet, this power is not the same because their real attraction to you is unequal. 61. 
You do not really want the world you see, for it has disappointed you since time began. The homes you build have never sheltered you. The roads you made have led you nowhere. And no city that you built has withstood the crumbling assault of time. Nothing you made but has the mark of death upon it. Hold it not, dear, for it is old and tired and ready to return to dust even as you made it. This aching world has not the power to touch the living world at all. You could not give it that. And so, although you turn in sadness from it, you cannot find it, you cannot find in it the road that leads the way, that leads away from it into another world. Thank you, Donna. And Karen. 61. You do not really want the world you see, for it has disappointed you since time began. The homes you built have never sheltered you. The roads you made have led you nowhere, and no city that you built has withstood the crumbling assault of time. Nothing you made but has the mark of death upon it. Hold it not dear, for it is old and tired and ready to return to dust, even as you made it. This aching world has not the power to touch the living world at all. You could not give it that. And so although you turn in sadness from it, you cannot find in it the road that leads away from it into another world. 62. The real world has the power to touch you, even here, because you love it. And what you call with love will come to you. Love always answers. Being unable to deny a call for help or not to hear the cries of pain that rise to it from every part of this strange world you made but do not want. The only effort you need make to give this world away in glad exchange for what you did not make is willingness. Willingness to learn the one you made is false. Thank you, Karen and Lana. Okay, uh, 62. Yet the real world has the power to touch you, even here, because you love it. And what you call with love will come to you. Love always answers, being unable to deny a call for help or not to hear the cries of pain that rise to it from every part of the strange world you made but do not want. The only effort you need make to give this world away in glad exchange for what you did not make is willingness to learn the one you made is false. You, 63, 
you have been wrong about the world because you have misjudged yourself. From such a twisted reference point, what could you see? All vision starts with a perceiver who judges what is true and what is false. And what he judges false, he does not see. You who would judge reality cannot see it. For whenever judgment enters, reality has slipped away. The out of mind is out of sight because what is denied is there. I'm sorry. The out of mind, the out of mind is out of sight because what is denied is there but is not recognized. Christ is still there, although you know him not. His being does not depend upon your recognition. He lives within you in the quiet present and waits for you to leave the past behind and enter into the world he holds out to you in love. Thank you, Lana and Jessica. 63, you have been wrong about the world because you have misjudged yourself. From such a twisted reference point, what could you see? All vision starts with the perceiver who judges what is true and what is false. And what he judges false, he does not see. You who judge reality cannot see it. For whenever judgment enters, reality has slipped away. The out of mind is out of sight because what is denied is there but is not recognized. Christ is still there, although you know him not. His being does not depend upon your recognition. He lives within you in the quiet presence and waits for you to leave the past behind and enter into the world he holds out to you in love. 64. No one in this distracted world but has seen some glimpses of the other world about him. Yet while he still lays value on his own, he will deny the vision of the other world, maintaining that he loves what he loves not and following not the road that love points out. Love leads so gladly, and as you follow him, you will rejoice that you have found his company and learned of him the joyful journey home. You wait but for yourself, to give this sad world over and exchange your errors for the peace of God is but your will. And Christ will always offer you the will of God in recognition that you share it with him. Thank you, Jessica. And is there a new reader for 64 and 65? I could do it. This is Robin Marie. 
Great. Go ahead, please. 64. No one in this distracted world but has seen some glimpses of the other world about him. Yet while he still lays value on his own, he will deny the vision of the other world, maintaining that he loves what he loves not and following not the road that love points out. Love leads so gladly. And as you follow him, you will rejoice that you have found his company and learned of him the joyful journey home. You wait but for yourself to give the sad world over and exchange your errors for the peace of God is but your will, and Christ will always offer you the will of God in recognition that you share it with him. 65. It is God's will that nothing touch his son except himself, and nothing else comes nigh unto him. He is as safe from pain as God himself, who watches over him in everything. The world about him shines with love, because God placed him in himself, where pain is not, and love surrounds him without end or flaw. Disturbance of his peace can never be. In perfect sanity, he looks on love, for it is all about him and within him. He must deny the world of pain the instant he perceives the arms of love around him. And from this point of safety, he looks quietly about him and recognize that the world is one with him. Thank you, Robin Marie. And is there another new reader for 65 and 66? New reader for 65 and 6? I can do it for more. All right, thank you, Harrison. It is God's will that nothing touch the sun except himself. And nothing else come nigh unto him. He is as safe from pain as God himself who watches over him in everything. The world about him shines with love because God placed him in himself. Chapter H. Where pain is not and love surrounds him without end or flaw. Disturbance of his peace can never be. In perfect sanity, he looks on love, for it is all about him and within him. He must deny the world of pain the instant he perceives the arms of love around him. And from this point of safety, he looks quietly about him 
and recognizes that the world is one with him. 66. The peace of God passes your understanding only in the past. Yet here it is, and you can understand it now. God loves his son forever, and his son returns his father's love forever. The real world is the way that needs you to remembrance of this one thing that is wholly true and wholly yours. For all else, you have met yourself in time and it will fade. But this one thing is always yours, being the gift of God unto his Son. Your one reality was given you, and by God created you as one with him. Thank you, Harrison. And is there another new reader for 66 and 7? Another new reader? Okay, uh, back to you, Lori. The peace of God passes your understanding only in the past. Yes, here it is, and you can understand it now. God loves his son forever, and his son returns his father's love forever. The real world is the way that it leads you to remembrance of this one thing that is wholly true and wholly yours. For all else, you have lent yourself in time, and it will fade. But this one thing is always yours being the gift of God unto his Son. Your one reality was given you, and by it God created you as one with him. 67. You will first dream of peace, and then awaken to it. Your first exchange of what you made for what you want is the exchange of nightmares for the happy dreams of love. In these lie your true perceptions. For the Holy Spirit corrects the world of dreams where all perception is. Knowledge needs no correction. Yet the dreams of love lead unto knowledge. In them you see nothing fearful, and because of this, they are the welcome that you offer knowledge. Love waits on welcome, not on time. And the real world is but your welcome of what always was. Therefore, the call of joy is in it, and your glad response is your awakening to what you have not lost. Praise, then, the Father for the perfect sanity of his most holy Son.
Thank you, Lori and Donna. Sixty-seven. You will first dream of peace and then awaken to it. Your first exchange of what you made for what you want is the exchange of nightmares for the happy dreams of love. And these lie your true perceptions, for the Holy Spirit corrects the world of dreams where all perception is. Knowledge needs no correction, yet the dreams of love lead unto knowledge. In them you see nothing fearful, and because of this, they are the welcome that you offer knowledge. Love waits on welcome, not on time, and the real world is but your welcome of what always was. Therefore, the call of joy is in it, and your glad response is your awakening to what you have not lost. Praise, then, the Father for the perfect sanity of his most holy Son. 68. Your Father knoweth that you have need of nothing. In heaven, this is so. For what could you need in eternity? In your world, you do need things because it is a world of scarcity in which you find yourself because you are lacking. Yet, can you find yourself in such a world? Without the Holy Spirit, the answer would be no. Yet because of him, the answer is a joyous yes. As mediator between the two worlds, he knows what you have need of and what will not hurt you. Ownership is a dangerous concept if it is left to you. The ego wants to have things for salvation, for possession, is its law. Possession, for its own sake, is the ego's fundamental creed, a basic cornerstone in the churches that it builds unto itself and at its altar, it demands you lay all of the things it bids you get, leaving you no joy in them. Thank you, Donna. And Karen. 68. Your father knoweth that you have need of nothing. In heaven... This is so, for what could you need in eternity? In your world, you do need things, because it is a world of scarcity, in which you find yourself because you are lacking. You can, excuse me, yet can you find yourself in such a world? Without the Holy Spirit, the answer would be no. Yet because of him, the answer is a joyous yes. As mediator between the two worlds, he knows what you have need of and what will not hurt you. Ownership is a dangerous concept if it is left to you. The ego wants to have things for salvation, for possession is its law. Possession, for its own sake, 
is the ego's fundamental creed, a basic cornerstone in the churches that it builds unto itself. And as its altar, it demands you lay all the things it bids you get, leaving you no joy in them. 69. Everything that the ego tells you that you need will hurt you. For although the ego urges you again and again to get, it leaves you nothing for what you get it will demand of you. And even from the very hands that grasped it, it will be wrenched and hurled into the dust. For where the ego sees salvation, it sees separation. And so you lose whatever you have gotten in its name. Therefore, ask not of yourself what you need, for you do not know. And your advice unto yourself will hurt you. For what you think you need will merely serve to tighten up your world against the light and render you unwilling to question the value that this world can really hold for you. Thank you, Karen and Lana. All right, 69. Everything that the ego tells you that you need will hurt you. For although the ego urges you again and again to get, it leaves you nothing. For what you get, it will demand of you. And even from the very hands that grasp it, it will be wrenched and hurled into the dust. For where the ego sees salvation, it sees separation. And so you lose whatever you have gotten in its name. Therefore, ask not of yourselves what you need, for you do not know. And your advice unto yourself will hurt, will hurt you. For what you think you need will merely serve to tighten up your world against the light and render you unwilling to question the value that this world can, can, I'm sorry, for what you think you need will merely serve to tighten up your world against the light and render you unwilling to question the value that this world can really hold for you. Seventy. Only the Holy Spirit knows what you need, for he will give you all things that do not block the way, of, the way to light. And what else could you need? In time, he gives you all the things that you need have and will renew them as long as you have need of them. He will take nothing from you as long as you have any need of it. And yet... He knows that everything you need is temporary and will but last until you step aside from all your needs and learn that all of them have been fulfilled. Therefore, he has no investment in the things that he supplies except to make certain that you will not use them on behalf of lingering in time. 
He knows that you are he knows that you are not at home here, and he wills no delay to wait upon your joyous homecoming. Thank you, Lana. And Jessica. Seventy. Only the Holy Spirit knows what you need. For he will give you all things that you do not that do not block the way to light. And what else could you need? In time he gives you all the things that you need have and will renew them as long as you have need of them. He will take nothing from from you as long as you have any need of it. And yet he knows that everything you need is temporary and will but last until you step aside from all your needs and learn that all of them have been fulfilled. Therefore, he has no investment in the things that he supplies, except to make certain that you will not use them on behalf of lingering in time. He knows that you are not at home there, and he wills no delay to wait upon your joyous homecoming. 71. Leave then your needs to him. He will supply them with no emphasis at all upon them. What comes to you of him comes safely, for he will ensure it never can become a dark spot hidden in your mind and kept to hurt you. Under his guidance, you will travel light and journey lightly, for his sight is ever on the journey's end, which is his goal. God's son is not a traveler through outer worlds. However, holy, oh, however holy his perception may become, no world outside himself holds his inheritance. Within himself he has no needs, for light needs nothing but to shine in peace and from itself to let the rays extend in quiet to infinity. Thank you, Jessica. And is there a new reader for 71 through 73? I could read again. Um, Oh, excuse me. (laughs) You're next. I didn't mind it. (laughs) 71. Leave then your needs to him. He will supply them with no emphasis at all upon them. What comes to you of him comes safely. For he will ensure it never can become a dark spot hidden in your mind and kept to hurt you. Under his guidance, you will travel light and journey lightly. For his sight is ever on the journey's end, which is his goal. God's son is not a traveler through outer worlds. However holy his perception may become, no world outside himself holds his inheritance. Within himself he has no he has no needs. For light needs nothing but to shine in peace 
and from itself to let the rays extend in quiet to infinity. 72. Whenever you are tempted to undertake a foolish journey that would lead away from light, remember what you really want and say, The Holy Spirit leads me unto Christ, and where else would I go? What need have I but to awake in him? Thank you, Robin Marie. And Harrison, would you read 72 through 4? Okay. The Holy Spirit leads me unto Christ. And where else would I go? What need have I but to awaken him. Then follow him in joy with faith that he will lead you safely through all the dangers to your peace of mind. That this world sets before you Kneel not before the altars to sacrifice, and seek not what you will surely lose. Consent yourselves with what you will, assuredly content yourselves with what you will, assuredly and be not restless. For you will undertake a quiet journey to the peace of God where he would have you be in quietness. Thank you, Harrison. And Again. Is there a, another new reader? We have a new reader for 72 through 5. Okay, Lori, back to you. Would you read 72 through 5? You have. Whenever you are tempted to undertake a foolish journey that would lead away from light, Remember what you really want and say, the Holy Spirit leads me unto Christ and where else would I go? What need have I but to awaken him? Then follow him in joy with faith that he will lead you safely through all dangers to your peace of mind that this world sets before you. Kneel not before the altars to sacrifice and seek not what you will surely lose. Content yourselves with what you will as surely keep, and be not restless, for you undertake a quiet journey to the peace of God, where he would have you be in quietness. In me, you have already overcome every temptation that would hold you back. 
we walk together on the way to quietness that is the gift of God. Hold me dear, hold me dear, for what except your brothers can you need? We will restore to you the peace of mind that we must find together. The Holy Spirit will teach you to awaken unto us and to yourself. This is the only real need to be fulfilled in time. Salvation from the world lies only here. My peace I give to you. Take it of me in glad exchange for all the world has offered but to take away. And we will spread it like a veil of light across the world's sad face in which we hide our brothers from the world and is from them. Uh, thank you, Lori. And Donna, uh, 75 and 6. 75. In me, you have already overcome every temptation that would hold you back. We walk together on the way to, to quietness. That is the gift of God. Hold me dear for what you, for what except your brothers can you need. We will restore to you the peace of mind that we must find together. The Holy Spirit will teach you to awaken unto us and to yourself. This is the only real need to be fulfilled in time. Salvation from the world lies only here. My peace I give you. Take it of me in glad exchange for all the world has offered but to take away. And we will spread it like a veil of light across the world's sad face in which we hide in which we hide our brothers from the world and it from them. 76. We cannot sing Redemption's hymn alone. My task is not completed until I have lifted every voice with mine. And yet it is not mine, for as it is my gift to you, so was it the Father's gift to me, given me through his Spirit. The sound of it will banish sorrow from the mind of God's most holy Son, where it cannot abide. Healing and time is needed, for joy cannot establish its eternal reign where sorrow dwells. You dwell not here, but in eternity. You travel but in dreams while safe at home. <clears throat> Give thanks to every part of you that you have taught how to remember you. Thus does the Son of God give thanks unto his Father for his purity. Thank you, Donna. And Karen. 76. We cannot sing Redemption's hymn alone. 
My task is not completed until I have lifted every voice with mine. And yet it is not mine, for as it is my gift to you, so it was the Father's gift to me, given me through his Spirit. The sound of it will banish sorrow from the mind of God's most holy Son, where it cannot abide. Healing in time is needed, for joy cannot establish its eternal reign where sorrow dwells. You dwell not here, but in eternity. You travel, but in dreams, while safe at home. Give thanks to every part of you that you have taught how to remember you. Thus does the Son of God give thanks unto his Father for his purity. Well, thank you, Karen. And we are, excuse me, we are past the top of the hour. I just want to emphasize this one line right now. Give thanks to every part of you that you have taught how to remember you. Thus does the Son of God give thanks unto his Father for his purity. And I uh, don't know if anyone's given it any thought. Is there anyone who would like to lead our remembrance of Lesson 143 this morning? Okay, well, I'll take it away there. Starting in Review 4. Uh, unless that was someone who was volunteering right there. I heard the mute on and off. I would okay. volunteer if, it, if you'd like, Lemoyne. Well, um, I'll just go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, I was late. To, I was late to volunteer, but you feel settled in, so I beg your pardon. That's okay. I'm sure you'll have things to emphasize that I may not find here. Um, let's start with review four and uh, paragraph two. There is a central theme that unifies each step in the review we undertake which can be simply stated in these words. My mind holds only what I think with God. This is a fact and represents the truth of what you are and what your Father is. It is this thought by which the Father gave creation to the Son, establishing the Son as co-creator with himself. 
It is this thought which fully guarantees salvation to the Son. Open your mind and clear it of all thoughts that would deceive and let this thought alone engage it fully and remove the rest. My mind holds only what I think with God. Five minutes with this thought will be enough to set the day along the lines which God appointed and to place his mind in charge of all the thoughts you will receive that day. They will not come from you alone, for they will all be shared with him. And so each one will bring the message of his love to you, returning messages of yours to him. So will communion with the Lord of hosts be yours as he himself has willed it be. And as his own completion joins with him, so will he join with you who are complete as you unite with him and he with you. So, um, let's, let's start with that. I will do the five minutes with my mind holds only what I think with God. And then I'll read the two ideas assigned to be reviewed that day. Okay, so let me start it now with uh, the unifying theme. My mind holds only what I think with God.
In quiet, I receive God's word today. All that I give is given to myself. My mind holds only what I think was God. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. Is this share time? Yeah, come ahead, Steve. Say what? Yeah, go ahead, Steve. Tell me who. I hold only those thoughts of God in my mind. You know, ever since Adam and Eve forgot to laugh about that judgment, the good and evil, transmitted to all each of us in for millions of years I'm reminded to let the birds and those thoughts of that broadcast or narrow cast I should call it of humanity's judgment separation forgetting to laugh these are like birds it's okay to notice these thoughts that have been embedded in the culture since Adam and Eve Genetically, maybe, I don't know, but I don't have to let the birds, as they say, I'm instructed. It's okay to notice them, but not to let them make a nest in my head. And so, God is so merciful. I'm, I'm in the sun here, and the clouds went, and then they went away, and so merciful that the sun doesn't burn the shit out of me and the wind even in the worst storms doesn't blow everything away there's a mercy and a kindness and a love that I only hold in my mind so there's the broadcasting station G.O.D. and then there's the narrow casting since Adam and Eve forgot to laugh that I'm just going to notice and bypass. I'm complete. Oh, thank you, oh, thanks, Steve. Good morning. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. This is Donna. Like yesterday's reading, I found this so absolutely beautiful. <clears throat> From 62, I found a couple of a practical things, a confirmation and a couple of practical things. <clears throat> From 62, um, love always answers. That line from, from 62. And from, uh, well, first of all, let me stick with 62. 
Love always answers. When I, when we read that paragraph, when we read that paragraph, um, I was I recalled uh, Saturday, May the twentieth, uh, at at the Catholic Church, that I got so disturbed because I began to to cough, and I I knew I was going to have to leave the service, and it was at a very beautiful time, and the church. I tried to figure out why did I get so worked up and so in, actually intimidated myself, and it was because it, it's a magnificent church, and it's this, the pews are, are uh, stretched out and around, so no matter where you sit, you can see almost every single other person at church, and there are two priests um, on these weekends. And I was so disturbed because here I am, with my perceptions, seeing this whole church uh, telling, tell, I'm perceiving they're telling me I'm ruining the service. But when I was able to return and sit down and be still for an instant was when, as I told yesterday, <clears throat> I I began to try to say, well, now what am I? How am I supposed to pray? What am I supposed to do to be to be beneficial here? And that's when, uh, in that instant, I heard that incredibly still, small, but very powerful uh, presence. And Jesus said to me, um, I'm with you. So, and 63, uh, 64 also reminded me of that experience. Rejoice that you have found his company and learned of him through a the joyful journey home. This will that will live with me until I face him. And then from sixty five, I got two practical helps for myself. Uh, when I'm disturbed, I will remind myself of this fact of truth: disturbance of his peace can never be. And the other thing was. He must deny the world of pain the instant he perceives the arms of love around him. And, and I just committed to myself to it. As, I, as seems, pain seems to be, I will remind myself, I can let love help me see through it. So I'm very grateful for the light that's come to me today. I also liked uh, 70 and 71, <laughs> along with all the others. I am complete. Thanks be to God. Thank you all. Thank you, Donna. This is Donna, and I will add 70 and 71. Only the Holy Spirit knows what you need. 71, leave then your needs to him. I am complete.
Thank you, Donna. It's great. This is Ida. Um, I've been listening for a little while, and I just want to say that I appreciate all the shares and everybody else who's listening and the leaders of our group, Lori and Lemoyne, especially Lemoyne today, um, for all you do and your, your constant um, faithfulness in the word. Thanks, Uncle Pete. I agree. I agree. Thank you. Well, thank you, Ida. I'm wondering if you're reversed on your mute, Barney. Oh, I must be having a little trouble with it today. I'm talking with it on and not talking with it off. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, I was just commenting on what a glorious ending we're giving today for the end of Chapter 12, The Problem of Guilt. And... Um, I remember one time I, I went to um, a Course in Miracles study group one time many years ago. Well, not so many, I guess. But anyway, um, we were talking about the great gift of atonement. And a fellow there said 
something like um, something like if I made a list an inventory of everything I ever wanted and dug around as deep as I could for anything I may have left out my list of what this gift of atonement is would still be short of what it truly is in experience and that was probably about the best um, one of the best descriptions I ever heard more than I could ever ever imagine beyond my wildest dreams you tell me it gives you God he says this this summary this ending the chapter of the problem of guilt um, there's just not a paragraph in it that isn't beautiful I have almost all of it highlighted as I'm sure almost everybody does but I just I can't um, I can't think of anything except what he describes as the right of the soul and the soul knows loves and creates that those are its unequivocal functions before I can experience the kingdom of heaven the right of the soul um, he tells me I, I need to relinquish my investment in the world as I have projected it and it takes a lot of releasing um, seems to take a lot of time but it takes a lot of releasing um, to release what I thought the world was but the choices are stark and um, well-defined I can have the world of the ego thought system based on a belief in sin guilt and fear um, or I can accept the truth one is given and one I worked really hard to make all by myself <laughs> and my investment my investment in the world I made is the only thing that keeps me from realizing the world that's given both uh, come to find out start on the inside both worlds start on the inside he said to perceive to perceive truly is to perceive everything in its relationship to the truth of you to perceive truly is to perceive everything on the basis of the truth of you um, until I accept atonement for myself I did not know the truth of me I somebody said you make a number of costumes I think that was Patricia various costumes that we put on all of these costumes um, 
are reflections of what we think we are and as a cause um, as a cause this false belief turns out to be the world I see and so all I need really do is accept God's version of the truth of me it's given I don't have to make it I have to um, resign as my own teacher and when I do I will um, it will seem as though I walk through a door into a different world he says prisoners bound long and hard by chains um, don't really uh, jump for joy when they're first released it takes a while to understand what's happened here and that's uh, what he describes in this section as the happy dream um, those things that used to seem so threatening um, are now seen in a different light and the more I release my hold on what I thought was true to that same extent will truth be given me I lose my investment in the world as the egos projected it and let the Holy Spirit project the real world to me from the altar to God it's a gift this real world um, and waking to the happy dream um, it's surprising to discover the things that used to seem so triggering that used to provoke reactions um, are now easily overlooked and the mind would just as soon ask for truth and understanding and appreciation for what's available to be seen mm, that reminds me of the resolution of the dream you know in the resolution of the dream section uh, he talks about the Christ in you is very still and I can't help but think you think of today's lesson when I think of the resolution of the dream in quiet I receive God's Word today it's capital W it's always a clue to me to look for something holy just like the word atonement is always capitalized God's Word is always capitalized signifying the truth of the right relationship of the soul to its Creator in quiet I receive God's Word today and that's uh, what he gives us in the resolution of the dream and there he says the Christ in you is very still he knows where you are going and he leads you there in gentleness all the way he also says and so he saw you were incomplete and so he sought for your completion in you whose hand who holds his brothers and holds all creation in himself that's a little bit rough but you can find it in chapter 24 I have to well I'm given a choice I don't have to but if I 
make that choice to loosen my investment in the world that I projected from my mistaken idea about myself. When I release that, I'm granted the happy dream. And it just gets better and better from there. Um, I, I'm also feeling called to remark on um, the proper use of time. You know, um, we talk so often of the joyous metaphysical consequences of accepting truth. But at the same time, he encourages us to be patient with ourselves and um, and be quiet so that I can receive. And it seems to involve a process like he says in the paragraph where love leads so gladly. And the reason I love the opening so much today was there's this basic confusion that seems to run through uh, the community that there's a place at which we arrive and everything's over. <laughs> and, and it masquerades, I think, is this idea that once my mind is awakened to the truth, um, well, that's it for me. I'm done. But it isn't like that in my experience. It's more like a deepening, widening uh, sense of light that um, that leaves my mind wide open for different and new experiences all the time better than I could have imagined. And so part of releasing my investment in the world as I've projected it from my erroneous idea of myself is realizing that there is absolutely no limit to what uh, source offers by way of experience for the soul and that um, things that used to appear as bumps in the road are actually opportunities and these opportunities are um, populated uh, by other souls. And as we navigate these bumps together, we all grow more. And so the idea that there's a destination um, for the journey gives way to, he calls it simple justice being um, if there's ever a problem God says love more and in the loving more in the accepting of whatever this challenge is uh, the opportunities seem endless to extend the love of God and so when he says in the resolution of the dream there is no journey but to walk with him um, To me, it says that um, this is a never-ending journey, an eternal journey 
that opens to widening. Oh yeah, that's a quote too. Openings to opens to widening vistas eternally, and uh, that prepares my heart to recognize that life will always offer more opportunities to share the love of God. Um, those that uh, have a need will find me. I will find those who represent what I need, that God is arranging everything. Just like he said in Lesson 135, what could you not accept if you realize that everything is being gently planned? Um, always leading to more open vistas uh, of possibilities for extending the love of God, such that there is no journey but to walk with him. The first exchange, your first exchange is the release of investment in the world you've projected. And make that exchange for the happy dream and realize that that's a marvelous beginning, a marvelous and wonderful beginning to a never-ending journey into the opportunities that love presents. I'm complete. Very enlightening. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Oh, thank you, Lori. That was just so lovely. Thank you. Good morning. It's Lana. Gosh, uh, boy, you're sure, Lori. <laughs> My experience of your share was so heavenly. Thank you so much. Um, what I wanted to share this morning, um, I, you know, I, for me, my experience right now, I'm outside on the porch, so I'm sorry for the background noise of the traffic, but it's like a perfect day, you know. I, I experience it as the real world. You know, the weather as I've defined it is is perfect. The temperature, the sun is shining, there's a gentle breeze. And right in front of me is this huge rhododendron bush that's just coming into bloom with these gorgeous pink flowers, you know, and, and um I'm and but most importantly my mind is is in peace. But uh, you know, during the reading this morning, um I had a moment where a fear thought entered my mind, <laughs> and um, and it was about. Uh, I still get some of my daughter's mail, and, and a letter came yesterday, uh, and I it was one of those ominous letters from district court about child support, and and right at the moment that I saw the letter, that I had glad I just glanced over and saw it on my dresser, you know, waiting for Mags to come pick it up today. Um, I. Uh, we were reading this part. So I saw the letter, a fear thought came into my mind, and almost at that same instant um, was being read. Whoops, hold on a second. I've got to get my glasses on. All righty, sorry. Um, was being read. Uh, paragraph, oh, what was it, 75? 
in me, you have already overcome every temptation that would hold you back. We walk together on the way to quietness that is the gift to God. Hold me dear, for what except your brothers can you, can you need? We will restore to you the peace of mind that you must find, that we must find together. And as that was being read, the fear thought just disappeared from my mind. I mean, it was gone by that one little, you know, reminder that I shouldn't call it little, but that one profound reminder that um, we walk together into quietness and peace. And uh, it was just so lovely. And um, I had messaged my daughter earlier. I said about the letter, I said, don't worry. I said, when you get here, we'll open it together. And whatever fear is conjured up, we'll heal it, you know. So don't worry about it. And um, all this reminds me of, um, and, I, and I quote it often because it, it has, it's a quote by Rupert Spiera, uh, because it takes me to a place in my mind which is usually hidden. It's that fundamental identification of self that is not hidden by all my, tempt- my, all my perceptions, my thoughts, my uh, experiences, my judgments, my guilt. It takes me to the place that's beneath that, be, that, which, that which is hidden by all that. And the sentence is, uh, and it's such, he constructed it so brilliantly. It says, who you are is the awareness of being aware. So when I go there, I close my eyes and I go there into the state of um, an experience of pure awareness. I'm the one that's aware of everything that rises before me. And and the temptation is I can embrace whatever rises before me in fear or with love. With love. So um, it's a beautiful place. It's um, it's it's a place of resting and healing. It's a present moment awareness of pure awareness with nothing else added. Um, and so, you know, I go there and then I can just look upon, then I can open my eyes and look upon the world and know that who I am is the awareness of it. It's like I'm looking through the eyes of God onto creation and I'm free to do whatever I want to do with that. You know, I can embrace whatever is showing up in love and peace or I can be drawn into fear, you know, if I choose to align with the ego thought system. So um, this whole section today on the real world, I mean, I agree with with, um, Laurie. It's not something that I'm going to awaken to and then disappear. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a beginning. It's not an ending. It's, um, it's eternal, this awareness. Um, it's who I am, and that never changes. It's eternal. Um, I will exist eternally after 
uh, my experience in this body and I will, this awareness will continue and who knows what the next adventure might be, but it's, but it's never ending. And uh, for me, that's, um, the real world is a world of love. It's, it's love's perception. It's the knowledge that um, somewhere in the Course, and I may not quote it correctly, Jesus says, there is nothing that is not a part of you. And the only confusion that the mind can make is to believe that this awareness, this experience of this world, of my world, that I, you know, that God gave to me, God loves, um, you know, that, that whole experience is not apart from me. It's not outside of me. It's one with me. It's, um, you know, it's not about being inside or outside. It's, it's in the unity and, and the relationship. I find it's much more helpful to look and see what is my relationship to what I am aware of. You know, what is that relationship? Is it a loving relationship or is it a fearful one? You know, it's reality for me is determined by the love that's present in it because Jesus repeatedly tells us love is the only reality. So I don't even have to go to uh, places like, you know, is form real, is form not real, you know. I don't give a hoot. <laughs> I truly don't because uh, what's important to my inner peace and, and also my relationships with everything um, is that relationship? What is that relationship uh, to what rises up before me in my experience? And that will determine my peace, and that will determine the real world of love. Um, and love gives it its reality as a real world. Even though it's still perceptional, it's it's my experience of it being loved that, that's the part of it that's eternal and real so anyhow uh, a gorgeous reading today um and i and i'm just pointed now to the quote from it the holy spirit leads me unto christ and where else would i go what need have i but to awaken him and um i don't know why jesus only says this once in the course where he says that the Holy Spirit is nothing more than your own right-mindedness. I kind of wish he had repeated it time and time again, because the Holy Spirit is nothing that's apart or other than who I am in truth, the truth of me. Um, And I don't need to go find the Holy Spirit or ask it to come to me or search for it or think I'm aware or not aware of it, because... Like love, the Holy Spirit is who I am. It's that part of me that's still connected to God. It's that communication link that we still have with each other. So I never need to think that God is distant or apart from me because he resides in my mind and I know he's there because of my Holy Spirit, which is part of my mind that some in unity with him and with all of you guys. So, um, lovely reading today, as always. Lovely end to this chapter. 
and I I just adore the way Jesus just sums it up. Sometimes uh, after I read the last part of the chapter, I'll go back to the introduction to that chapter, and it's um, really amazing to do it every ever so often because you see how Jesus connected all the dots that he mentions in the introduction um, when you when you finish the chapter. So anyhow, I'm complete. Thank you for listening. Love you guys. Enjoy your beautiful day. I'm complete. Oh, that was so beautiful, Anna. Thank you. Thank you, Larry. I know you'll enjoy your beautiful day. Thank you, Latina. I wish you all the beautiful days. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you. Thank you, Lana. I want to pass on. I watched Ram Dass's movie. Well, I don't know if it's a movie. It's a documentary. It's called Becoming Nobody. And it starts out, which relates to today's reading, is that we're born and then we're given these into these space suits. And people tell us uh, what these space suits are good and then we tell other people their spacesuit is good, and that 90%, 99% of the world right now is involved with the spacesuit's uh, social life and the body. And he said, but at the end, it's like taking off. But none of us were really comfortable in this spacesuit, not com- comfortable with this spacesuit. And even though people tell you you're this and you're that, and, and we tell them you are this, you're good, you're tall, you're short, blah, blah, blah. But the spacesuit has never been comfortable, and then it comes time for us to take off the spacesuit, the great, uh, who knows when, when it ends, and then it's like taking off a tight shoe, he said. So that video, I watched it twice in a row, Becoming Nobody, and it was just so coarse, flooded, incomplete. Thank you, Steve. That sounds enticing. Yes, thank you, Steve. I watched that video a while back. It is, it is a wonderful video to watch. I love Ram Dass. This is Harrison. My goal is to leave the world. To leave the world I see. I don't do it as a body because the body is inextricably tied to the world I see with my body's eyes. 
It's like, can't leave this world as a body. Even when the body dies, it doesn't leave this world. The only way I leave this world is to change my mind about what the world is. And that includes my body and other bodies and everything I think I see with my body's eyes. Just sort of a interim place that the course takes me to, uh, and it's called the real world. And the truth is, it's not a world at all. It's a, a state of mind. And he makes clear in our reading today uh, what the real world is not. It's interesting that he first focuses on what the world world is not. It's not like the world I see with my eyes. It has no buildings, no streets, no stores. It's not lit with artificial light. Life never comes. There is even no day that brightens and grows dim. There's no loss. Nothing is there but shines and shines forever. In order to see that world, I have to deny the world I see. And that's the most difficult part for me, is denying the world I see. Because the sight of the world I see is costing me a different kind of vision. And that's the vision that will take me to the real world 
and beyond, which is ultimately a place where I realize that I am only as God created me. That's it. I am a thought in the mind of God. It's my reminder. <laughs> I'm a thought in the mind of God. That's all I am. And I have to give up my belief in this body and in this world. The world I see must be denied. For sight of the world I see is costing me a different kind of vision. I can't see both worlds. To me, this is very, very important. And it really challenges me because there are things in this world that I really want to hold on to. I'm going to three graduations of granddaughters this month. And I dearly love my granddaughters, all my kids and grandchildren, my wife. And it really challenges me to recognize in truth that they're not there. They're a spirit, the same spirit that I am, they are. They're not separate. So that's the challenge for we who believe that this is all there is and this is all we have ever seen. That this world is the only world there is and our goal is to fix this world and make it like the real world. Well, that's a trick of the ego. It would have us believe that we can 
fix up and the ego would allow us to be able to see things in the world of sight, the world we see, and believe that we can find perfection in this world. And the truth is, that's impossible. We can't find perfection in this world. It was not made perfect. The ego thought system is made as a way for us not to remember who we truly are. It cannot show us that we are as God created us. That's not its purpose. Its purpose is to show us that we're separate from God. And so if I want to know who I truly am, I must follow the steps that God has given me and let go of the world as he let go of the images of my granddaughter as their reality and recognize that only the love I see in them is their reality and mine. I'm complete. Boy, I love where that ended, Harrison. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. And you, Lana, as well. Kind of, I felt like I was given something to close with that doesn't, it's not that it didn't relate, I didn't see how to relate it. So, um, (laughs) 
I think, again, so then to take Lana's advice and to return to the beginning of this chapter 12, the problem of guilt, where it says the purpose of projection is always to get rid of guilt. And in uh, the effort to project it out, it ends up being the focus and therefore not an escape. And uh, I think, you know, whether it's fear and defense or attack or guilt and judgment and blame, <clears throat> these projections don't work. And as uh, Lesson 135 says, uh, the world is based on these insane beliefs, all its structures, its thoughts and doubts, its penalties and heavy armaments, its legal definitions and its codes, its ethics and its leaders and its God, or more, maybe more, I add, maybe more properly, idol, all serve but to preserve its sense of threat. For no one walks the world in armature, but must have terror striking at his heart. <clears throat> so the, the attempt to project fear outward to get rid of it just leaves us with a world that surrounds us with the threat of fear. The same with uh, the attempt to get rid of guilt by projecting it outward just leaves us with a world that is filled with blame. And so to what I see is an essential it's I have to do this in one way or another, but a very clear statement of how to solve the problem of guilt is in the course of love, treatise three, chapter 10. It offers practical lessons in regard to the life of the body that can be allowed to serve the cause of creating heaven on earth. And the first thing he asks, um, well, the first lesson is an exercise in forgetting. As often as is possible within your daily life, I ask you to forget as much as, of what you have learned as you are able. And the first thing he asks us to forget is our need to find a place where blame can be placed. It says, you who've been waiting to get to the hard part of the course may find it here. Yet the idea of blame is incongruous with the idea of a benevolent creator and a benevolent creation. And as such, is the only blasphemy. If to blame yourself is as senseless as blaming others, and your inclination to place blame on yourself 
must be given up as well. When it is said that you are the cause, it is not meant that you are to blame for anything. Blame of yourself is is as uncalled for as is blaming a child for lessons yet to be learned. And really the call here is to unlearn as much of what you're able, of what we think life is, to escape this world of illusion. And he continues by saying, taking away the idea of placing blame will change your thought processes beyond your wildest imagining. You'll be surprised at how many times you recognize blame where before you saw it not, just as in the beginning, you did not recognize all that you had feared. But just as you have from recognizing what it is you fear, been able to bring these concerns to love, you can now do so with blame. All you need do is catch yourself in the act of placing blame and say to yourself, I was placing blame again, and I choose to do so no longer. You need not spend any more time with blame than this. I ask you simply to take the thought of it from your mind as quickly as it enters. We need to forget our need to find a place where blame can be placed. <laughs> and because uh, it doesn't exist without separating people and places into those we judge and those we accept. The instruction is to accept it all. And if that's not happening, examine perhaps the need to find a place to place our blame is what's going on. Um, To return to today's reading, he says, we have been wrong about the world because we have misjudged ourselves. And uh, we can, in perfect sanity, look on love, for it is all about us and within us. We must deny the world of pain or blame the instant we perceive the arms of love around us. And from this point of safety, we look quietly about ourselves and recognize the world is one with us. The peace of God passes our understanding only in the past. Yet here it is, and we can understand it now. God loves his son forever. And the real world is the way that leads us to remembrance of this one thing that is wholly true and wholly ours. Our one reality was given us, and by it God created us as one with him.
Amen. I think I'll stop there before I just read the rest of today's section. <laughs> I'm complete. Thank you all for being here. And, uh, Lori, do you have a poetic close to this call recording? Oh, thank you, Lemoyne. I, I really like that one exercise. <laughs> I must have blamed again. <laughs> thank you for that. I like the way and you separate this into uh, forgetting the need to find a place in which to place the plane. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It's, you don't have makes to forget it what happened or anything. Just quit trying to project it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That was great. Um, as for the recording, uh, the um, I was directed to this for um, for the section on the real world. It's in the inheritance of God's Son. Christ is at God's altar, waiting to welcome His Son. But come holy without condemnation, <laughs> for otherwise you will believe that the door is barred and you cannot enter. The door is not barred, and it is impossible for you to be unable to enter the place where God would have you be. But love yourself. Love yourself with the love of Christ, for so does your Father love you. You can refuse to enter, but you cannot bar the door which Christ holds open. Come unto me, who holds it open for you. For while I live, it cannot be shut, and I live forever. God is my life and yours, and nothing is denied by God to his Son. Amen. Thank you all for another beautiful call this morning. A real light for my day. I'm so grateful. Well, thank you, Laurie, and thank you, Lemoyne, too. Both gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. <laughs> thank you, both uh, Lemoyne and Laurie. And um, has the recording ended? Uh, as soon as Lemoyne pushes the button. <laughs> Yeah, there's something I wanted to share, but I was waiting till it's not recording. <laughs>